the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. As we count the Omer and look forward to Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, uh, revival is what's on my mind. I hope it's on your mind as well. Let's begin with a time of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. Lord, we want to be close to you. Lord, we want to sense the revival spirit that we see in Ezekiel 37, where you said to breathe on these dry bones and they would come alive. Lord, we pray that believers would come alive. We pray that those who don't know you would come to know you. Lord, we pray for a, a new life happening in our in our congregations, in our city, in our country. Lord, in Israel, pour out your spirit through and through. So, Lord, we are looking forward to how you are going to work, especially in these weeks leading up to Shavuot. We bless you, we praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, i uh, love to um, mention before we get started that if you can help support our program, uh, both in prayer and financially, we would love it. Uh, as you know, the virus has made it a difficult year. Uh, but if you send an offering, that'll help us stay on the air. Let's begin our programming with the counting of the Omer. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olom, asher kedishanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu al-sifarat ha'omer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the seventh day of the fifth week, and day 35. I have counted the Omer, 35 days, wow. The theme for today is, what can we expect in revival? And the answer is forgiveness and reconciliation. Amen? 
Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Master, how often shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Yeshua said to him, no, not up to seven times, I tell you, but 70 times seven. And here's Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you're presenting your offering upon the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. And then finally, 2 Corinthians 5.18, Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So here are some of the thoughts for the day. C.S. Lewis, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. (laughs) Okay, this is from D.L. Moody. I firmly believe a great many prayers are not answered because we are not willing to forgive someone. Okay, that's something to think about, right? And finally, Henry Ward Beecher, I can forgive, but I cannot forget, is only another way of saying I will not forgive. Forgiveness ought to be like a canceled note, torn in two and burned up so that it never can be shown against one. Our challenge, forgive. <laughs> Forgiveness sets your, you free of anger and bitterness. As much as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. That, of course, comes from Romans twelve eighteen. So our prayer, Father, thank you for forgiving me and directing me to forgive others. Help me to be a minister of reconciliation I ask for strength to do what is right in your sight. Revive me. Amen. Well, last week we talked about nine characteristics of revival. I'm not going to go over them again. You can go back to last week's message. We also started to talk about how we get revived, though we know it's God's timing and he can revive us when and however he wants. Yet he expects us to do something towards revival too. Don't you agree? So my first point about being revived is to act as if you were already revived. We talked about it last week, how we should not allow our feelings to dictate our behavior, but rather let God's word dictate our behavior. If God wants us to be revived and we want to be revived, then develop the attributes of revival. Make those attributes a habit, and we will be revived. Picture in your mind how you would look if you were revived, and then act accordingly as you picture it. I take scriptures that look like revival, and I pray them in hopes that I will be those scriptures, an example of them, right? And obviously, the one that uh, those of you know me, the first one I would take is Isaiah 60, 1 through 4, which in my mind is such a key scripture, and it describes how I would look if I were revived. The Ruach of Adonai Elohim is on me, because Adonai has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, 
and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Adonai, that he may be glorified. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore former desolations. They will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Hey, to me, this is revival. I would be anointed to spread the good news. I would see miracles as people are set free. I'd be able to comfort those who are mourning. I would disciple people and would see them minister as oaks of righteousness. I'd be glorifying God and people would see it because everyone would know he did the planting. I would see the results of my works as cities that were desolate for a long time would be repaired by those I worked with. Wow, that would be an amazing thing for me to see those things. This to me is revival. That's, that's what I am praying for personally and corporately. So the question might be, what am I going to do in my efforts to see this happen? Well, first of all, I'm going to desire revival. That's where it begins, my desire, right? I want to be saturated and consumed by this desire. I'm going to trust God for this desire. I'm going to expect God to do this. I'm going to be persistent in my expectations of desiring revival. Secondly, I'm going to undergird this desire with prayer and fasting, I'm fasting through Tuesday evening, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday evening, May the uh, 16th. And, uh, you know, there are different types of fasts. Uh, I am fasting one meal a day, um, not eating until lunchtime. So I'm going to picture in my mind what I look like as a person going through revival And I'm going to try and be that person. Look, this is a daily fight. I'm going to practice habits that look like revival, even if I don't feel this way. Look, we all know this scripture, 2 Chronicles 7.14. But do you know the verses that come before it and the context of this? So in verse 11, it says, Thus Solomon finished the house of Adonai in the king's palace. Indeed, all that Solomon had on his heart to accomplish in the house of Adonai and in his own palace, he successfully completed. Then Adonai appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. So, obviously, Solomon, while he's building these, uh, the house for God and the house for himself, he is praying, right? And so God says to him, if I shut up heaven, that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, which I feel we have in this plague of COVID virus, right? And I believe God is saying, if I do those things, okay, now here's a prescription 
for getting rid of him. When my people, over whom my name is called, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. So I am to call on God's name. I'm to humble myself by fasting. I will pray more. I will seek God's face by seeking to listen more closely to his voice and devote more time to him. And I will seek to die to myself in order not to sin against the Lord more than my usual effort. So I'm going to really give it my all to not sin. And Lord, what you've promised is you're going to hear my voice, you're going to forgive my sins, and you promise to heal my land. Lord, I pray even now, heal our land. Father, we are in deep trouble, deep trouble. So I believe that the Lord will heal our land through a revival. And so I say, Lord, send revival. We want you, Lord, to heal the virus in our land. We want you to heal the sin in our land. We want you, Lord, to transform the people of our land. We want you, Lord, to bring unity in our land. We want you to make our politicians and media care about others more than themselves and their ideology. What is your hope? that God will bring through revival. I think the biggest things that I can think of, though there are obviously I've already prayed and mentioned things, well, number one is family salvation and and friends' salvation. It's salvation. And the other is reconciliation, that people would behave in a way that shows that they are reconciled. Our homes need revival. Our churches and synagogues need revival. Our nation and our world needs revival. But you know, no military power can bring revival. No economic upturn can bring revival. No election can bring revival. Revival is a sovereign move of the sovereign Lord. So, look, when believers are revived, they're more consistently Uh, They live a more consistent life, and their homes are more holy, and their homes are more happy, and this leads ungodly people to envy believers and to inquire, hey, what do you have that I don't have? And then we'll see those salvations. Proof of me being revived is my desire and actions concerning the sharing of my faith. Faith. If sharing my faith is a daily activity, I will certainly know that I am going through revival. Do you share your faith every day? For me personally, revival is when my life becomes all about God and my relationship with Him is about my continuous expectation that He is pouring out His Spirit on me and that my focus is continually on Him. Revival has to be about my excitement about God. I push the world away so I can have more time with him. I have great joy in his attributes. I'm motivated to be with him more, to receive more from him, to acknowledge him more. And as a result, he drenches me and saturates me with his spirit. So one of the most important things about revival is God and my time with him. Picture it this way. 
It's one of my crazy examples, right? When I was young, before I was married, when I went on a date, my heart was pounding as I anticipated the time with this gal and, and, and the relationship that we had. Every move we made, every gesture caused great anticipation. I was consumed by my date and very little could have distracted me from this time we were spending together. Would that be a description of my time and relationship with the Lord today? Maybe not quite. (laughs) I want God to be first in my life in the true sense of the word. I want to be so excited about our relationship that I won't be distracted by the world or tempted by the worldly things. I want Revelation 2.4. It says, but this I have against you, that you have forsaken your first love. I want to not be this person, right? And then it says, remember from where you came, uh, have fallen. Repent and do the deeds you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your menorah and its place unless you repent. Oh, Lord, revival's about repentance. Amen. I need to be transformed by God's Spirit, but I am required to return to Him, my first love. When I am in His presence, His holiness, I will want to repent. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were all transformed and repented. Moses, King David were repenting and transformed. Peter and the disciples were transformed. Even Yeshua was transformed when he was immersed and the power of God's Spirit came upon him. Yeshua's transformation was so great, he willingly died for you and me resulting in us receiving eternal life and atonement for our sins. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I believe that that is what we are to do to see revival. I also believe that gratefulness leads to revival. Gratefulness is the appreciation for someone or something that they have done. As we can express our gratefulness, there is greater humility in us and a greater appreciation of another. In this case, revival requires us to be grateful to God. There are two aspects of gratefulness. We have to acknowledge that everything stems from God, and we have to acknowledge our inabilities without God. You and I are so independent. We teach independence. We desire independence. We live independently. And now God is asking us to depend on him. Revival is depending on God. Revival is being transparent enough to show gratitude for all he has done for us. There is power in gratitude. It is the power that sees good and focuses on goodness. Gratitude shows our appreciation and frames our actions in a positive light. Gratitude is the paying attention to what we feel grateful for, and that puts us in a positive frame of mind. There's no downside to gratitude. 
It should be a goal for us daily. Praising God comes out of our gratitude for him. Gratitude leads us to be excited about what we have received. Revival is that real excitement about God because we are truly grateful. Isaiah 12.4 says, In that day you will say, Give thanks to Adonai, proclaim his name, declare his works to the people so they remember his exalted name. It's all about being grateful. In Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. Revival is about transformation. As I said before, we are transformed from lethargy to excitement about God. We can certainly attribute a transformative revival to God After all, it's all him. However, we can do something to live in a revival mode even before we see revival break forth in us and around us. I believe there is, you know, uh, we look, we have to harness the gift that is within us and the gift of gratefulness is within us. And, you know, I think the words are so important. If you Google the difference between grateful and thankful, it says uh, grateful carries meaning and weight, whereas thankful is so common that you use it without any sense of gratitude. Being thankful expresses your sense of appreciation, whereas grateful expresses your sense of deep gratitude. There's something to be said about words losing their power and influence in our lives because of how we use them on a daily situation. However, I feel the word grateful still has the desired effect to mean what I'm trying to express. And being revived is the intensity of that gratefulness. Here's how it works. If I come into the office and say, well, what a beautiful day it is. I'm so grateful to God for this amazing day, it is more likely that I will get an amen or someone else will explain why they are blessed by the day God has given them. All of a sudden, the office atmosphere is hopeful and filled with joy. As opposed to if I come into the office and say, hey, the politics in this country is really getting me down. I'm sure I'll also get agreement and an amen, but uh, there's little chance of feeling revived. This power in being grateful is what I'm trying to express to you. You know, focus yourself today on God's word to help you become grateful and lead you into revival. And so we say things like Psalm 18, praise Adonai for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever. Oh, let Israel say his loving kindness endures forever. Oh, let Israel, the house of Aaron say his loving kindness endures forever. Oh, let those who fear Adonai say for his loving kindness endures forever. Or how about Hebrews twelve twenty eight? Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Through this we may offer worship in a manner pleasing to God with reverence and awe. Look, we're out of time, but we're going to talk a little more about revival next week. I pray that you will uh, certainly visit us, if not in person, but on Facebook Live. And don't forget that Tuesday 
evenings. We pray for an hour on Facebook Live. Love to have you join us there, too. Check out our website at shereshtavid.org. Let me close um, in prayer. And let me start by saying, Lord, I want to pray Isaiah 45, 8. Rain down, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down in uh, down justice. Let the earth open up. Let salvation sprout and righteousness spring up with it. I, Adonai, have created it. Lord, I pray that since you have created this, I pray that it truly will happen. I pray this over myself, my family, my congregation, my city, my state, my country, Israel, Lord, and the world. Father, I pray this scripture, and I pray that the Lord would be our first priority and that we would grow in our desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel